prayer, through prayer, we listen to the voice of God. We read the word of God, listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit as he teaches us, as he corrects us, as he instructs us in righteousness, so that we may be complete, we may be perfect, and thoroughly equipped, enabled, given everything we need for every good work. You see, the very profile, the very profile prayer that Jesus taught his disciples in Matthew 6 and Luke 11 says it all. That is, the primary purpose of prayer is to do the will of God, disobedience. The very profile prayer that Jesus taught his disciples in Matthew 6, Luke 11 says it all. And that is, the primary purpose of prayer is to do the will of God. It's obedience. If you don't remember anything, remember this. This is the summary of it all today, what we're looking at. The primary purpose of prayer is obedience to the will of God. The primary purpose of prayer is obedience to the will of God. If prayer doesn't change your life, it's a tragedy. If you are not changed to be more like God in the place of prayer, that's a tragedy. Because really, we are made, we are created to be like Christ. We are created to be like Christ. We are the Emmanuel, God in us, God with us. We are the mystery of godliness, God in us. We are to be representatives of God and representation of God. Representatives of God and representation of God. So the primary purpose of prayer is obedience to the will of God. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 6. 9 to 10. This is scripture we are very familiar with. He said, In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Verse 9 says, In this manner, therefore pray. In this manner, therefore pray. What does that mean? This means, let this be the tone or the texture of your prayer. Let this be the tone or the texture of your prayer. Let this be the spirit of your prayer. In this manner, therefore pray. In this way, therefore pray. In this tone, therefore pray. With this attitude, therefore pray. With this texture, therefore pray. With this spirit, therefore pray. This should be your approach to God. The tone, texture, or the spirit of prayer ought to be submission, humility, repentance, and obedience. The tone, the texture, the spirit, the attitude, the approach to prayer should be with submission, humility, repentance, and obedience. Anything short of that does not meet divine standards for the kind of prayer that heaven desires. Now, moreover, that scripture that says, in this manner, therefore pray, addresses what should be the posture of our heart. Still talking about the same thing. It addresses what should be the posture of our heart in the presence of the Almighty God who knows our things. The posture of our heart has to be submission, humility, repentance, and obedience. Interestingly and instructively, the physical postures of prayer that men have learned to take suggest the same idea. The same idea of submission, humility, repentance, and obedience. And we all do that. What do we do in prayer? What do people do in prayer? They kneel down, kneeling, prostration, you prostrate with outstretched arms or raised hands, bowed head and pleading hands. These are different postures in prayer. 
What do they signify? I believe in most cultures, they signify the same thing. In fact, if you are faced with, you'll never be filled with such. If you are faced with killers, those who want to kill you, what do you do? You raise your hands, you fall down before them, or you put your hands together as if pleading with them. Meaning, I surrender, I submit, do whatever you will with me. Please, please, that should be the same attitude in the presence of God. The same attitude we have in the presence of God. Because it's almighty, the omnipotent, which you come before him with a heart of humility, a heart of submission, a heart of repentance, a heart of obedience to do his will. To do his will, not your will, not your will, but his will. Not my will, Jesus says, but your will, O God. We don't present ourselves before God with our hands in our pockets. We don't fold our hands or our arms. Or we don't stand upright tight and with front face. No. Even physically, you don't come before a judge and do all of that. You don't put your hands in your pockets in front of a judge. You dare not put a hat on, on your head. And you don't sleep before the judge. You don't fall asleep. No way. You won't even fall asleep. You're under the gun and you fall asleep. No way. How can you be before the presence of the Almighty and fall asleep? Amen. Listen again to the prayer templates that Jesus taught us. Matthew 6, 9 to 10. In this manner, therefore, pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You see, if you read the old prayer templates, you will discover that these same attitudes of submission, humility, repentance, and obedience in the place of prayer run throughout the whole gamut of that prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, meaning honored be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So your kingdom come. Your will be done. Where? Your kingdom come where? Your will be done where? Yeah. You see, that will have a different perspective and perception if you will personalize that. If you personalize it and customize it and you say it this way or pray this way, my father in heaven, not just our father in heaven, my father in heaven, I honor your name. I honor your authority. I submit to your authority. I humble myself before you. I'm here to obey you. May your kingdom come in my life. May your will be done in my life as it is in heaven. In my life. Before you begin to say, may your kingdom come on earth. May your will be done on earth. This first of all, may your kingdom come in my life. May your kingdom, your will be done in my life. Because it all starts with you. The change you desire to see in the world, start with you. The change you desire to see in your family, start with you. What you desire to see in the life of your husband, starts in your own life. What you desire to see in the life of your wife, starts with you. What you desire to see in the life of, in the lives of your brothers and sisters, starts with you. Charity begins at home, they say. It also means charity begins with you. Many love begins at home. Obedience begins at home. Love begins with you. Love starts with you. If you're going to see it or expect it or demand it or ask for it from others, it starts with you. 
Interestingly, today is the day of love. I hope true love. I hope you are looking for true love. You are not looking for lust. You are looking for love. Amen. The love you desire. The love you want to see. I want love. It begins with you. Give love, you will have love. It's what you give that you receive. This is the royal law. As James 2, 8 says, this is the royal law. Love your neighbor as yourself. This is the royal law. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do unto others as you would like them to do unto you. You do it first. You do it first. Remove this, the log in your eyes before you can see the speck in your brother's eyes. As you point a finger on somebody, the rest of the fingers point at you. Start with yourself. Work on yourself. Save yourself first. Then you can save others. Now listen to this. The change you desire to see in your church. Listen very carefully. The change you desire to see in your church begins with you. The change you desire to see in your church begins with you. You want your church to be full. You want your church to be bigger. It starts with you. What are you doing about it? What have you done about it? It starts with you. And if you consider church to be family, you're not going to dump your family and say, this one is not good. I want another one. There are many people who do that. Oh, this one is not good. So they look for another woman. This one is not good. So they look for another man. You can't even do that with your children. Oh, this child is not good. I look for another one. <laughs> so the change you desire to see in your church begins with you. If you consider your church as a family, if you consider church as a family, you're not going to just dump that family. You're going to make it good because you are part of it. If you make it good, you are making yourself good. Again, the word of the Lord to us is learning obedience through prayer. Learning obedience through prayer. In prayer, through prayer, we listen to the voice of God as it teaches us, corrects us, instructs us in righteousness that we may be complete, thoroughly equipped, enabled to do all good works. Learning obedience in prayer. In prayer, through prayer, we listen to the voice of God as it teaches us as he corrects us, as he instructs us in righteousness, learning righteousness, so that we may be completely perfected, thoroughly equipped, enabled, filled up, filled up to do every good work. God doesn't just speak his word to you as instruction. He also speaks his word to you as enablement. His word enables you to do his instructions because his word is what? alive. It is powerful. It is alive. It is powerful. It energizes you. It equips you. It revives you. It strengthens you. To obedience. He will not ask you to do something without giving you the power to do it. Our main test today is Hebrews 5, 7 to 8. Yeah, our overall test is Matthew 26, 30 to 46. But our main test is Hebrews 5, 7 to 8. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear, though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered. Let's look a little closely at this. This is really very deep. Let's see what we can see. Amen. Who in the days of his flesh, 
Jesus in the days of his flesh. When he had offered up prayers and supplications with vehement cries and tears to him, who was able to save him from death and was heard because of his godly fear or because of his submission or because of his obedience. Though he was a son, yet he learned obedience by the things which he suffered who in the days of his flesh. This means when Jesus was in this world, in this world of sin and suffering, when he was a man, in that time, he prayed. He had to pray. If Jesus had to pray, you have to pray. 